So welcome to the 105th episode of More Than Bread. My name is Dan. I'm a pastor in the Central PA at Calvary Church. And on February 15th of 2021, I launched this podcast with 42 episodes going through the whole New Testament. And then following that, we did a, a deeper dive through the Gospel of John. And, and then after that, the Gospel of Mark. The 104th episode dropped on July 6, 2022. So for those of you who've been following me, it's been a year and about, I don't know, five days long pause. But but I'm back, and, and over the course of the next few months, we're going to do a top 40 tour through the Psalms. But before I do that, let, let me just remind you of the reason for this podcast. If you've listened to the other 104 episodes, you've heard this story, but it's been a while, so let me share it again. It was Christmas 2008. The first year, our whole family went to Myanmar, and we were there for Christmas Day, one of our best Christmases ever. That Christmas Day, I had the opportunity to preach to about 1,500 Buddhist villagers, and, and not only did I preach to them, but our church helped to feed them. From dollars that, that were given, we were able to give a, a meal and the rice for two more meals to everyone who attended. In fact, it was probably the, the main reason they came, since my preaching is not really a huge draw among the Buddhists of Myanmar. They received a, a box of cooked rice with two to three small pieces of meat. The meat was a luxury and, and a small piece of bread. They also received a bag of rice for future meals. I stood there after I preached and I, I watched them stand in line waiting for their food and their free food. Their, and there was a sense of urgency on their faces. When, when the word was given, I watched the crowd surge forward, pushing shoving, knocking elderly people and small children to the ground as they were grabbing their free food. They were so urgent. And, and I'll be honest, at first it disappointed me, and, and then I remembered that they were hungry, and I realized that they were afraid the food would, would run out. As I stood there 15 years ago, I remembered a, a Black Friday story that happened just before we had left home to go to Myanmar. There were about a 1,000 people standing in line to get a good deal on a high-definition flat-screen TV. They stampeded through the doors, and in the process, they trampled and killed a temporary employee. Same urgency, just a different goal, right? As we jump back into this More Than Bread podcast, let me just talk a moment about urgency. I want to talk about an urgent hunger. We, we've all felt urgency at times, right? That sense that something needs to be done right now. Something's got to change. Can't wait. Got to do something. It's urgent. <laughs> Timex, the watch company, once did a study of urgency. They wanted to see how long people would wait before taking action in a variety of situations. Researchers discovered that a sense of urgency will come in in about 13 seconds, if we're behind a car that stopped at a green light, 13 seconds, and we got to do something, we honk. A sense of urgency comes in about 20 seconds, 26 seconds, if we're at a movie theater and people are talking loudly during the movie. We'll wait 13 minutes for a table at a restaurant before a sense of urgency causes us to leave. 20 minutes if we're waiting for a blind date, and up to 26 minutes if we're waiting for the last person to come for Thanksgiving dinner then the urgency sets in. But let's be honest, uh, not, none of those things are really urgent. In fact, stuff like that has caused us to be confused about the difference between what's important and what's urgent. Listen, if it's not important, it can't really be urgent. The, the dictionary defines urgency as something of importance requiring swift action. In other words, urgency is an earnest and, and per, 
persistent response to a pressing situation. Urgency is a subset of what's important. If it's not important, it's not urgent. Now, there are any number of issues in our world today that could cause a sense of urgency. Orphans, the environment, poverty, politics, racial conflict, the mental health of someone we love, cancer, and unreconciled relationship. But, but here's what I think. While many things could seem urgent, what actually becomes consistently urgent is whatever we think will bring us life and is missing. In, in other words, urgency is defined by, by hunger. Or urgency happens when we lack something for which we hunger. Now, when it comes to the cultures of the Bible, it was as it is in too many parts of the globe today. The people were more familiar with famine than they were with fast food. They were an agrarian culture shaped by poverty, more like Africa than North America. And so in Matthew's gospel, in chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus is quoting words from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And, and it says, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now we hear those words and we're tempted to think, of course, we, we got a peanut butter and jelly, not bread alone, mayo and honey ham. But, but Jesus wasn't thinking of having a diversity of food. In, in Jesus' day, bread alone was a usual meal. Bread was life. Without bread, there was no life. If Jesus had grown up in Myanmar, he might have said, you cannot live on rice alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, there is no life without the word of God. So we should be urgent about the word of God. You can be healed from cancer and not have life. We could work towards increasing measures of racial unity and, and still not have life. You could dive into social justice issues like sex trafficking and, and still miss life because we cannot live without the words that come from the mouth of God. So before we jump into the top 40 Psalms in the next episode, ask yourself, what is my most urgent hunger? See, really, my goal and my prayer in this podcast is simply that we would read the book. That's all. It's that simple. There's no breakthrough without the book. There's no life of thriving without the book, the Bible. There's no soul satisfaction without the book. So, so I'm going to challenge you to listen to the book. Read it as well at whatever point you want. But in this podcast, I'm going to give you the opportunity to just listen to the book, listen for the voice of God and and learn his principles and promises and truths and then lean in by relentlessly responding. That, that's what we do. We, we listen, we learn, and then we lean, realizing that life is more than bread and without the word there is no life. Now, in each episode, and, and I'm just going to suggest, you can do it however you want, but I'm just going to suggest that you, you listen to an episode every day, Monday through Friday, and maybe on Saturday you go back to one that it w was really particularly good for you and re-listen to that, and then on Sunday take a day off. But in each episode, I'll read Scripture, I'll share some thoughts, and, and then read the Scripture. For example, in the Psalm we're focusing on, I'll read it again at the end, and then I'll pray for you. But since we're just getting started, I, I simply want to finish by reading and commenting on some scriptures that highlight the importance of the Word of God. So let's start with the words of Moses, all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the words Moses spoke after spending time with God and bringing back the Ten Commandments, right? You, you know what that is. And, and he said to the 
people, these are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing, the Jordan, to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may live by keeping all his words, and so you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. This is having an urgency for the word, the word of God. And and then God reinforced these words when Moses passed on leadership of Israel to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, still in the Old Testament, we, we read, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, Joshua, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Later in the life of Israel, the prophet Amos, in Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 13, Amos will highlight the value of the word of God by comparing the loss of the word to famine. The days are coming, Amos says. The days are coming, declares a sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst of water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. And people will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east searching for the word of the Lord, but they won't find it. Now, there are so many promises related to listening to and learning from and leaning into the Word in the Psalms. Psalm 119, 105, the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Without it, it's darkness, the psalmist is saying. Psalm 119, 11 calls us to treasure the Word of God. Let us not be like those who cast aside the Word of God, preferring instead the empty promises of this world. Let us instead treasure the Word of God. Do you treasure the word of God? Hiding it in our hearts, the psalmist says, so that we might not sin against him. The the prophet Isaiah was a man who treasured the word of God. He wrote about the power of the word in Isaiah 48 when he wrote, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And again in Isaiah 55, 11, when he quotes God saying, So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will it will accomplish all that I purpose and will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And then moving to the New Testament, my goodness, there's so much about the word in the New Testament. I love Paul's words in Colossians 3.16 when he writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul tells us that when we neglect the Word of God, 
we are neglecting the very thing that has the power to change our lives. The Word of God has the power to convict us of sin and teach us truth and lead us in righteousness. The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to convict us of sin and dispel our self-deception. God's Word is its like a map that provides guidance and direction. It, it shows us the way to go and what to avoid. When we're lost, it's there to guide us back to the right path. James, a brother of Jesus, reminds us that listening to the Word is not enough. We need to lean into it. We need to respond and do what the word says. In James 1, 21 through 22, James writes, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but instead do what it says. But with all that said, and there are so many other scriptures that highlight the value of diving into the word of God, but with all that said, perhaps a single greatest reason to dive into the Word of God is found in John chapter 1, where John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Later in John 1.14, he writes, So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Latch on to those words. He made his home among us. The Greek word is eskenosin. It literally means he, he pinched, pitched it. Jesus pitched his tent among us. He tabernacled with us. He dove deep into our mess. He went camping in our darkness. And when you go camping, and I'm talking about real camping, now, not RVs and Marriott's. When, when you're really camping, you know it. I mean, sometimes it's called roughing it. <laughs> If it rains, you're wet. If it's hot or cold, so are you. If it's hard, your life is hard. If conditions are messy, your life is messy. In the beginning, the Word, Jesus, the Word was with God. He, he was home, but he left home to do a deep dive into our mess with his heart and his glory. In other words, listen to me. This is for you. Jesus wants to camp out in your life. He doesn't want there to be any walls between you and him. He wants to be close, eat at his table, sit at his campfire with all your mess. This God who so loved the world with such a relentless love, he loves you. I could take you to scripture after scripture that tells the same story that you are. <laughs> the light relentlessly pursues us in our darkness. The love of God re relentlessly pursues us in our mess. You are loved by God. The Word became flesh and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And if you're not familiar with true Christianity, this may come as a shock to you, but true Christianity is not simply an invitation to become a, a better person. It's not primarily a program for cultural reformation. It is not a political party. And it's not simply a get-out-of-hell-free card. It's an invitation to live the life you've been seeking by connecting with Christ. That's where it starts. The invitation to dive into the Word is an invitation to know the Word that became flesh. It's all about Jesus because the Word, Jesus, gives life. The man who is called the Word, the Word of God, God in the flesh, the God who speaks, 
And don't miss this, the connection between Jesus and the Word. This connection goes beyond metaphor into the land of of mystical. It goes beyond symbolic into the land of supernatural. There is this connection between Jesus, who is called the Word, and the Word which we call our Bible. It's almost like God speaks, and every time he opens his mouth, Jesus comes out. Listen to me. You can't love Jesus if you don't love the Word. So here's what I want to do for just a few moments as we close. I just want you to imagine for a moment that you are with Jesus. (laughs) I don't know, sitting by a fire in a little cabin or overlooking the valley or or taking a walk in the afternoon on the beach or on a path in the summer sun, cup of coffee in hand. (laughs) And simply say, Jesus, speak. I'm listening. Seriously, say those words. Jesus, speak. I'm listening. Say those every day. (laughs) Jesus, speak. I'm listening. The Word of God, speak. I'm listening. Uh, Let me pray for us. Father God, you are the source of everlasting truth. You are good and wise, and you've revealed your wisdom through your Word. And I just want to say thank you for your truth. It is a, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Would you help us to treasure your words in our hearts? That we would live by every word that comes from your mouth. Help us to to store up your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And and more than anything, as we work our way through some of the Psalms, would you help us to hear the voice of Jesus? Would you teach us to pray? Would you help us to listen for his voice and learn from his voice and, and lean into his voice? Because life requires more than bread. For all these things, Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And amen.